This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Why do we use shy negatively? I think it's just the way society has, you know, has been throughout the years. And it's the way that most of us were brought up that in order to show respect to our elders, we have to go and kiss and hug them. And I think it's often frowned upon if you don't greet someone by embracing them in a hug. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior gentle all-purpose emollient moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with Epimax. Welcome to another Baby Branch podcast. We deal with a lot of interesting topics and today we're talking about the shy child. We're finding our voice. People always think if you are shy or a little bit more reserved that something is wrong. I remember holding my nine-month-old who I would describe as a shy child at age six. And as I took the nine-month-old to the meeting Someone asked, is she sick? I said, no, she's not sick. She's just a little bit shy. And I was able to take her everywhere because the baby was quiet. And today still, she's very shy, very intelligent and has the most beautiful drawings, but she's a shy child. And today our expert that's joining us is Sandrina Naidu, all the way from Durban, KwaZulu-Natal, our support for today. Sandrina, for those of us that are not familiar with what you do, give us a short summary of what you work with. And again, it is a pleasure having you on this chat. Good day, Ilana. It is an absolute pleasure to interact with you and be in the presence of your viewers and learners. So thank you again for the opportunity. Uh, my name is Sandrina Naidu. I am from KZN. I am the Provincial Support Coordinator for KZN. And I work for an organization called DBE Cubed. And we focus on entrepreneurship, employability, and education. Our main aim of the organization is to support teachers, bringing entrepreneurship education to learners. And we do this by bringing about different pedagogical methods, such as project-based learning into the classroom. What does it mean to have a shy child? Elanda, having a shy child means having an introverted child and a child that takes longer to adapt in social interactions. We don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with having a shy child. It's just that the introverted or the shy child needs solitude. They are more observant and thoughtful. They are quiet and reserved. They are more creative and very imaginative. Um, and the shy child is more empathetic and compassionate. And they have a preference for smaller groups in a social setting. Just observing, you know, grade one, currently grade R, uh, I have a, a daughter in university. I've got a son in high school. And we deal with a lot of listeners, especially with our moms who contact us on our Baby Brunch platform. You know, there's this notion that when we grew up, we weren't strong enough. We weren't able to fight. You know, we always came home and said, mom, you know, there's this girl, you know, oh, she might just be jealous. So you were almost shy to stand up for yourself or to defend. And so in my experience, sometimes I find that shyness for me 
wasn't a good quality to have growing up. Does shyness affect our children in the learning environment? Because in my opinion, it does. Absolutely. Ilana, it would depend. It would depend on every environment and situation. And in this case, it would depend on the learning environment of the child, as the child needs to be in a safe and supportive learning environment. It's very crucial to be very decisive when choosing your child's institution that you send them off to. It is crucial to utilize children's strength in order to flourish. And if we take a look at pedagogical methods such as project-based learning strategies that promote group work in classrooms, it would allow a learner to work independently and interdependently and find their voice. And it is almost important to have confidence. Like you said, it, you found it to be a rather negative. It had a ne negative impact on, on your life. But having a learner to find their voice in the smallest setting is more controlled, and they would find confidence in that. In a project-based learning classroom, uh, learners are taught to be understanding of each other and more aware of each other as well. And learners need to be in an environment that is safe in order to make mistakes and learn from these mistakes. And also, like I said, to find their voice. So psychologically safe and supportive environments are crucial for children, especially when it comes to learning in the school environment. How do we do that at home? I mean, I'll give you an example. With a one child, I'll say, how was your day at school? You know, and she can say, oh, today I was jealous, silly, mad, angry, happy. I had a good day at school. You ask the other one and she'll go, it was good. It was good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I asked her this morning, I said to her this morning, so we do this thing, we set up the whole day. And I said this morning, what are you excited about? And the one answers, I can't wait to swim with daddy later. And then I asked the other one, "How? what are you excited about? She said, I don't know. <laughs> I, said <to> her, <laughs> I said to her, Shirley, aren't you excited that mommy's going to do homework with you later? So she pretends to do her homework. She's six years old. You know, we read. Oh, we read my goodness. Books. Yeah, we read books yeah. and she, she thinks it's homework and she enjoys it very much. And it was really hard to extract from my shy child what mm -hmm. you are excited about later. I mean, do we push them in that direction where we try and change shy child into a child that speaks more? You know, is it dangerous in the home setup that we, we might think, and I use the word danger in this sense, mm -hmm. Do, do we think that the shy child might not share as much as the child that's not shy? You know, because mommy wants to know what happened at school because I'm not there. Absolutely. Yes, no, I definitely understand. But as a parent as well, we need to also respect the boundaries. And this is a prominent or, or rather dominant factor rather, in, in or a character trait, can we say, in children that are introverted. They are more mindful of boundaries that they set. And this is something that they could teach us as well. And as parents, we need to respect that and and create opportunities for the child to build confidence in holding conversations with you. Um, sometimes we also do need to respect that oversharing can also be detrimental to the child. And 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 this is this is something that we could learn from the introverted child. 
But as a parent, if you would like for your child to build a little bit more confidence in themselves, it is necessary uh, to hand over responsibility to an introverted child to plan various activities, such as family holidays, game night, giving them options to choose. Example, if you're having movie night, have them choose the movie, the snack. This gives them confidence to know that their opinions and and their thoughts matter. Um, perhaps on a Sunday, if you could sit with your child and plan the dinner menu for the week ahead or their lunch menu, um, this creates a sense of believing in your child and giving them their voice. And these psychologically safe environments need to have soothing music and just, you know, not to have overstimulation in the home when it comes to the noise around them, etc. Some powerful feedback there about mm-hmm. oversharing and even boundaries, you know, that our children can set because they're humans. And it's mm-hmm. wonderful also. I often leave some of the opinions over to the girls so that they feel heard. Um, so it's interesting you say that, you know, we need to give them a chance. I, I'm diverting from my questions because I'm so enjoying your feedback that I want to ask about something else. You know, especially where there's more than one sibling and I'm thinking of um, having a lot of little ones or even having older and smaller kids like in my case. When it comes to the shy child, I find that we as parents might allow them to finish a sentence because we we want to, you know, the child child speaks a little bit slower or... Yeah can get to the point a little bit longer. You know, they, they struggle to get to the point a little bit longer. And I, I have this I have this habit where I go, mm, because mm, I can feel that I don't need to interrupt the conversation and let it finish. Mm-hmm. And the others just want to talk, you know, and interrupt them. How how do we converse with the shy child? Do we do we help them? I remember growing up, we were always taught by the adults to not to interrupt someone who stutters, for instance. So yes. when it comes to the shy child, you know, how how do we engage with them practically? That's a brilliant question, Ilana. Um, so firstly, holding your eye contact with the learner and us as adults in a very busy and changing world, we need to set down our devices for a while when our children are talking. We need to really listen to them. Um, holding their eye contact, allowing them to finish the sentences, like you said, and also sometimes reiterating what they're saying in another way to show that you understand what they're saying. I think that gives the child that confidence to know that my, my mom or my dad is really listening to me. And that in itself is very, very powerful for the child in order for them to find their voice and themselves. So really listening, active listening, um, and, and that sense that creates a sense of understanding. And that strengthens the bond between parent and child. Does it mean that if you have a shy child or one that is more reserved, that they might not be as confident? I use my children as an example because I don't want moms to feel like they're alone, first of all. And then what what I know is what I experience, you know. So I find that I've got two shy babies. The one is already in high school and the other one is is going to grade one. And what I find is, is that they will thrive in certain stuff where they don't need to talk 
like in sport, for instance, or they'll be very well, you know, and excel. Yes. And then in other instances, they will retract. Or sometimes, like in my one baby's case, when it comes to drawing or art, they love spending time and they really get sucked into the activity. I mean, does it mean that a shy child does not have the confidence or do we allow them to excel in other things? Someone used a, a line the other day while I was broadcasting and they said, when it comes to school, teacher will say, you're not doing well in math, so you need to pay more attention to maths." <laughs> but it's almost like I want to say, you're not doing well in maths, so why don't we just focus on all the other subjects that you're really strong at? What's your opinion in that? So my opinion is to, you know, to really equip a child in order to excel in all facets of life. And whilst not every child can become a singer or a doctor or a lawyer, we need to believe in them and trust in them that we are providing them with all of the tools that are necessary um, in order for them to cope in, in, in a real world. And children can express confidence and themselves in many ways. And like you said, your little one expresses themselves in art. And, and these are some of the tools that we could give to children in order to express their confidence. Um, we can communicate in other ways. It doesn't just have to be verbally. We could express ourselves in music, in dance, in poetry, and like you said, in music and art as well. I found since I've had my children that I'm a better person because my kids are teaching me about me. And yes. so what can the shy child teach us as, as educators or as parents, in, in, especially in the home environment? Absolutely. Lovely question. I think that shy children can teach. Let's, let's focus on educators first. I think that they could really teach educators how to be more patient and understanding as well as, um, you know, empathetic towards every learner. And in a diverse country such as South Africa, this sense of inclusivity needs to be a topic that is not taboo anymore. We need to be more cognizant of, of the inclusive classroom. Um, and shy children can teach us as parents, teachers, and, and just as adults how to be attentive listeners, or rather tentative listeners. And, and they also teach us how to respect personal boundaries and also create these boundaries. Um, a sense of empathy and understanding is something that most individuals in a fast-paced world often forget about. And, and I think that that, you know, teaches, like I said, it teaches us to be inclusive of the diversity among, among us. Immediately, my head starts going to family gatherings and how we all have to hug and kiss and and hold, you know. And I enjoy it when my when my uh, parents and the grandparents. I've got a great relationship with all my parents, and I love it when they hold the kids and the kids hold them. But we don't really encourage touch or hugs or kisses with other family members or even strangers. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, the child's just shy. That's why they don't want to hug and kiss you, you know. Why is the word shy an excuse or negative when it comes to relationship or being being shown love? Why why do we use shy negatively? I think it's just the way society has, you know, has been throughout the years. 
And it's the way that most of us were brought up, that in order to show respect to our elders, we have to go and kiss and hug them. And I think it's often frowned upon if you don't greet someone by embracing them in a hug. Mm -hmm. And this is where we need to break those social um, you know, stereotypes. We need to be more aware of traumas that children go through in present day. It was it was frowned upon. It was a taboo topic, but now that we have evolved, and and we have, you know, we are more empathetic towards children and more understanding. We need to respect their boundaries, their personal boundaries as well. And I think it's really important that this needs to be something that is spoken about. Since a child, like since infancy, we not we need to uh, stick with our children at social gatherings, be close by, make eye contact with them to reassure them that we are watching you, we have your back, um, and not just leave them to run around and you know make them feel as though they are free to do as they please. We need to also take responsibility in our children's introvertedness because past traumas as well as living in a present day, um, you know, there are many elements around us that that are that are of negative and we should take into consideration. You've got a beautiful way of um expressing I think what a lot of us are very nervous about, you know, and I, I wanna thank you for your gentleness in 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 this regard. Do we do we give specific tools or even different chores to the shy child? You know, I say the shy child as if it's someone else's child, but this is, you know, it's all about babies. And and I always say any advice that we find you on parents and baby branch or in the world, we can apply to any child, you know, because it's actually just to create a loving world and environment for them. So I mean, when I say the shy child, I'm actually just talking about our kids. But I mean, do we do we give different tools or chores? Do we do we give specific things for them in order to navigate the real world? You know, Ilana, I love that you speak about the shy child within inverted commas because it is a topic that we don't speak about. Mm. We 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 kind of see it as a taboo, and like I said, I appreciate that you have brought topics like this to your platform, um, and. Some of the tools that we could give children in general is just music, art, poetry, dance, giving them options to express themselves. Because that we are, that's exactly what we are looking for at the end of the day, a way for children to express themselves, to tell the world about how they feel because they matter. And I think that's very important. In terms of should we give the chores to either the shy child or the extroverted child, I wouldn't segregate the chores. Um, we should be building inclusive environments and hold inclusive conversations, as well as you know address real life situations with children. There are some chores that I would give to both children to make them see and understand that okay, you can do it despite the fact that you are quiet. Then so can I, despite the fact that I'm out there and all over and confident. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't segregate chores. However, if you are wanting to bring about this confidence in your child, I would suggest that you spend more time, more quality time with your children, uh, go shopping with them, 
hand them the shopping list, allow them to do the shopping, um, send them into a restaurant and have them to, you know, uh, converse with the waiter. But make sure that there's always an adult present in the situations because in order for the children to express themselves, learners or children need to feel like they are in a safe, controlled environment. And sometimes all they lack is that reassurance and that's what's making them shy. Immediately, I think of collaboration. I mean, you you talked and touched on it. You know, it feels like the teacher and the child is working together and that mom and dad and the child that we're journeying together, you know, having to to create this equilibrium between um, relationship, you know, and for me, it's quite exciting. I adore my children. I love spending time with my kids from here. I have one more meeting and then I can't wait to get to them you know, because <laughs> because there's constant, and, and I, I must say, I test a lot of human behavior on them, you know. I'm kind to them to see if they're kind back. Yesterday, and I have to brag about my shy children, you know, yesterday I was in the shower and she came in and she put a towel out for me and she said, this is for you. And I realized that's something that I've done for her, you know. So yes. I love collaboration where where when we work with kids and it eventually works because we try so hard and when it works and it lands, then, you know, we are elated. And I couldn't get too excited because I didn't want to show in the moment, you know, finally it's landed. I was kind of very subtle and did like a thank you, you know, for me. Oh, thank you. You know, I did it. But inside I, I was doing somersaults. Okay. Collaboration with an introverted child and specifically when it comes to classmates, please help us. <laughs> how do how do yeah. we teach equipped shy child to collaborate with extroverted child in the classroom? And how do we teach it at home? I find at home that things can get quite fiery and believe it or not, shy child will win because she's the calmest. The one who's extroverted and more excitable will always get into trouble because they are loud and what have you done? You know, how could you? You know, so so how do we create collaboration between introverted and extroverted child in the classroom and especially at home? And I saw you shake your head because it is a tough, <laughs> tough, tough kick. <laughs> this is the hardest is. question of this morning. <laughs> it is, but she took me back to my childhood growing up with my two elder brothers um, and just seeing the difference between us as well. Um, in the home, having children, um, you know, sometimes some children love being alone in solitude in their rooms and the others um, would be, you know, out out all over about the home and there's lots lots of noise and activity going on. And sometimes the introverted or shy child just wants a little bit of solitude and to bury themselves in a book, right? Um, but I think it's important for parents in the home setting, when it comes to collaborating, ensure that there are certain rules, like there's family time, there's scheduled game nights, and there's some sort of understanding where and this used to be a taboo to topic, especially in the in the African communities and Indian communities, where much topics are not spoken about at the dinner table or or just at a table per se. And these hard topics need to be addressed 
in a family setting. And I think that's where the safe environments come, uh, you know, you know, at home. Um, but when we talk about a school setting and the classroom environment, the introverted child and the extroverted child are are they for the same reason? But their way of going about it and their way of acquiring knowledge and acquiring their skills could be very different. Um, we have different learners. We have audio learners, we have kinesthetic learners, and we have visual learners as well. So the audio learner would be a learner that likes to listen. A visual learner would need some sort of visual aids and a kinesthetic learner we see this mainly in the extroverted learner where they want to do it. They want to do the experiment and see things happening. Um, the classroom is a wonderful session or a wonderful space to come together. And this is where the introverted child teaches the extroverted child how to be more empathetic and how to actively listen and not just speak because sometimes especially the extroverted child, can't wait to get their, their topic across or their point across, whilst the introverted child will observe, think, and and show that communication is also about listening. Um, the introverted child shows us how people perceive the world through, through quietness, you know, um, and having opportunities to interact with children who are not similar um, can teach children how to respect each other. And and this brings about the spirit of Ubuntu in a classroom setting, especially in South Africa. And I think that's what's amazing when we have introverted and extroverted learners, because we are teaching them how to survive in a diverse workplace. So I think that the classroom is a perfect setting for collaborating. Last but not least, and I mean, again, a question that is not uh, documented in our, our conversation for today, but immediately the notion of playdates come up. You know, child child has made a, a friend and we're inviting them over. Um, I'll give you an example. Before we have device time, there's a rule around it. I'm going to give you this device and in 20 minutes, I'm going to take it back. So you have mm -hmm. phone time now and then it will be over in 20 minutes. Do we, do we set certain rules or boundaries to help shy child in that environment before playtime? I almost feel like we need to control the situation in some kind of way to protect both children. Ilona, if I could just iterate on what you were saying, in, instead of control, I'm going to say facilitate. Right. If that would be a better word, because the moment we say class rules, the moment we say rules, children feel like they are limited. Right. And they are not limited. They just need to be guided. And I think okay. this is where we need to have guidance rather than just a set of rules. So in order to play, so I do understand from a parent perspective, we know it's called rules. But when we, <laughs> there has to be rules. Um, um, but when it comes to, when it comes to actually speaking and conversing to the child, you're going to say, I have a set of guidelines that I would like for you to follow should you wish to see another play date or experience another play date. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also important what we portray or display to our children. Is your play dates in inverted commas with other parents that around a table where there's just drinks being served? Mm -hmm. 
Or are we playing games? Are we socially interacting? Because children are watching us. We are a canvas for them as well. Um, so it's very important what we portray to children, teachers, educators, um, parents. Children are watching us. And it's absolutely important what we portray to them. What are our play dates looking like? Mm-hmm. You know, are we are we building puzzles? Are we building each other up? Or are we merely just having a chat? And don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. play dates are there for a reason. It is for us to unwind. It is for us to, um, you know, to really use a fun way to express ourselves. And I just want to bring you back to our E-cubed goal in classrooms with project-based learning. We believe in learning through play. Mm-hmm. So that that aspect is finding the joy in doing unconventional things. Mm-hmm. So does every gathering, would my best friend have to be over a glass of wine? Or can we play a sport? Mm-hmm. Can we play a game of tennis? Um Am I listening to my friend? How am I speaking to my friends in front of my child? That's very important as well. Well, that's a very, very beautiful way of facilitating and also for guiding us as parents. I'm really enjoying this so much. And I want to thank you for your time today to to unpack. Sure. I mean, I learned so much. The shy child and finding our voice. Uh, Sandrina, thank you so much for joining us. Sandrina and I do our experts here with Parent and Baby Brunch. Uh, follow our comments in the comment section on our social media at Baby Brunch SA. Uh, if you want to know more about what Sandrina does and also how she works with other organizations in how they want to change the world for good uh, and help our children in the perfect environment. Sandrina, thanks for your time. Thank you, Lana. Thank you for having me. This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances, and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores.